Hi, gym rats. Due to technical difficulties, today's interview had to be done on my cell phone. There are a couple of parts that might be glitchy or sped up. I'm sorry about the inconvenience. Enjoy the interview. Hello and welcome to the Chalk Box. My name is Adri Garcia. I'm your host. And today I have Kayla Gee, who is one of my co-workers. And I actually used to coach her a, lo- a long, long time ago. How are you doing, Kayla? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing, Adri? Pretty good. You know, just still in the quarantine. <laughs> yep. Working our way through. Mm-hmm. Um, so last week I actually took a week off. I wasn't really feeling very well. I had some allergy issues, which are continuing to linger on. Um, but they're really actually my sleep. It seems like the pollen kind of blows through around three in the morning, and then it takes me a little oh, bit to try to get back to. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> I I've been sneezing a lot lately. Like I can't stop sneezing, and it must yeah. be allergies. I think. Oh, it's terrible. It's like I get like itchy, but not just eyes. It's like I can feel it in my sinus cavity itching. It's. <laughs> God, that sounds awful. It's miserable. And I've been doing quarantine remote learning with my three children that are all in three different grades. I have a second grader, an eighth grader, and a ninth grader. And yeah, that's been lots of fun. Trying to rem- <laughs> and, you, and you're with preschoolers all day. And I'm, and I'm with preschoolers all day long. Yeah, well, only part-time now, which is better. But yeah, it's been, it's been a lot. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be involved in gymnastics and continue to be. (laughs) Well, I I actually remember your gym rat episode. And when I listened to that, I was like, oh, this is like me, 100%. (laughs) I actually actually started with DSG when I was three. Did you know that? I don't think I did know that because I was probably a gymnast when you started. Right. I was at at the old, like the old location. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually started there when I was three with my cousin. And then I don't know why, but we moved to Highland Hills, you know, a couple years after. So, um, and I kind of started there in their JO program. And then at the time, that's when um, Kara started kind of getting big. If you remember Kara. Yeah. A long time ago. Um, that oh, it's still out. Big. Is it still there? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. But my mom was like, you know, you've really gotten good and you've really put a lot of time into this. Like, we should continue J.O. And Highland Hills was getting rid of their J.O. program. So um, my mom moved me back to DSG when I was eight. Um, and then I've just been there ever since. And it's been awesome. Oh, And that's <laughs> like when I remember you. Home. Yeah, yeah really tiny. I, I remember little Kayla, but not baby Kayla. How cute. I didn't know you started when you were three. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So I actually realized this year would be my 20th year at DSG. Wow, I know. Isn't it wild? Kind of kind of nuts. Um, yep, and then kind of like Jess, I started coaching at 14, and that, that's it. Yep, and you were <laughs> a level nine. We don't want to be rid of you. <laughs> Please don't. I'm like stalking you like, hey, you want to work more hours? <laughs> uh, um, yes, Adri, coming, coming soon. <laughs> Yay, we're very um, excited about it. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait. But um, yeah, it was a level nine. It was, I loved it. It was awesome. I miss it every single day. But, oh, me too. And part of the reason I thought this would be a good episode for you is because tell us what business you're doing on the side now. 
Oh, I'm I'm doing an Etsy business right now, which is crazy. Um, I make greeting cards for people, but like you have, you have awesome calligraphy though. Is that like your handwriting? It is. Yeah, I do it on my iPad with the pencil. Oh, that's um, awesome. I, yeah, I actually told Nava that's my hobby, and she laughed at me. Oh, but it's so beautiful. I wish I had yours because we're going to be talking about journaling and visualization today. And I really wish I had lovely handwriting for my journals. Oh, it's so fun. It's the best. I journal like compulsively, but mine are more doodly. I don't really have a yeah. <laughs> great handwriting or anything like that. Get the iPad and the pencil. It helps a lot. So Zaya and I, one of our gymnasts, Zaya and I were... Uh, going over like her journal is like you like she has like calligraphy like you do so she's got like all this beautiful art in her journal but it lacks functionality and my journal is very functional but it lacks art so (laughs) together (laughs) I actually talked to Zaya I didn't know she did calligraphy too oh yeah she's she's an artist she's got really really nice art that's awesome I gotta see it yeah fun it's been a nice creative outlet and you know, outside of gymnastics, when you don't have that kind of outlet, it's good to have something else. So, yeah, and I think that sort of introduces us into the. We'll start with journaling. Um, okay. I did journal as a gymnast, but not nearly as much as I do now as an adult. And I am always encouraging my gymnast to journal, just because I think it's super important. Did you journal? I know I probably encouraged you to journal as a gymnast. Did you <laughs> journal as a gymnast? Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> Looking back, I definitely should have journaled more, but I, I did keep journals. Like I, I definitely had a meet journal um, to keep track of my scores. And I would write down like if things were really hard, like I'd write down what happened so that it was kind of like, I don't know, kept it in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely did meet events. journals. Yeah. And then like, I know you're not supposed to, but keep track of like how many more points until you qualify for state or something so you knew what you had to get on the next event oh oh yeah but I definitely did that (laughs) well if you're not doing it the coaches are anyway so (laughs) right right right. and like for practice I did keep I didn't keep a journal per se but I kept like sticky notes or like inspirational sayings around my room or something to like yeah motivated those kinds of things is what I mostly focused on as a gymnast. So part of the theme that I want to communicate is that like why you should journal even if you suck at it because I just really think the act of journaling is important and it doesn't matter if you're good at it and I think a lot of people think well like oh I just like picked it up and then I dropped it and I wasn't consistent and so they get uh, discouraged to continue journaling but I have like a bunch of reasons why I think that journaling is important even if you're not good at it um okay let's do those okay so first i think that it helps keep you organized Mm -hmm. so as far as knowing which skills you need or if you're trying to like stay organized for the meet season knowing when your meets you have coming up you know keeping track of your scores so you can actually see um, how your scores are going along with your performance i think it also could be like a good reflection on like with the organization like if your scores aren't going the way that you want them to like maybe if that's because you're practicing a certain way yeah there's like a correlation or something yeah noticing that was actually another one of my thing is kind of noticing patterns right so 
one thing I talk to the kids about is like, sometimes you'll notice like if you're keeping a practice journal, like I don't understand why my Wednesday practices always seem to like lag, but that's our late night. So maybe it's, maybe you need a little boost before practice to kind of keep you going through practice, you know, like a little um, snack before practice to kind of keep you going. So I think it does help um, find patterns. And then along with meets too, I always encourage them not just to write the score, but also to write the performance down, like how it went on that performance, just because of the subjective nature of judging. Right. Right. Totally. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. And start values. I think that's another important one to keep track of is your start values in case you aren't getting credit for something. Mm-hmm. Then your coaches aren't just saying it. You actually hear it. Like you actually yeah. see it and have to write it down. Not just saying yeah. it 800 times. And then um, that kind of goes along to not just for meets, but for learning skills is keeping track of the data. So like when you're, you know, you know, we all know we need to get numbers done. So when you're learning your series on the beam, you know, how many you got how many you stuck, how many you're getting done a day. Yeah, I was just going to say that um, I think a lot of times kids will get frustrated and they'll be like I'm still afraid of it or I just don't feel like the skill is coming along but then when you go back and look at how many are actually getting done in a practice or if you're still doing you know eight with spot on the high beam and you're only doing two by yourself on the low beam that's maybe where you're getting stuck so you can kind of go back and see where it is that you're getting stuck right and I think it's like a good like keeping them accountable too of like oh I only did two on the low beam so Maybe I should step up my beam practice tomorrow if I don't want to be mm. scared of something. Yeah, or that's why I'm sort of stuck at this step <laughs> because I'm not moving right. past this step. Like I've been doing my 10 a day, but I'm still in the same exact step. I haven't moved on. Right. Well, I won't even let kids like, this is kind of off topic, but I won't even let kids go up to the high beam until they can show me 10 in a row on the low beam by themselves without the red mask. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, once you go up there, like, there is no more red mat. So, nope. And you don't want them to get all, if they get too dependent upon spotting, when you get to the high beam, it's really hard to keep your numbers moving because then you have a whole group up there and they all want spot. So, yep. Yep. Um, and speaking of this, one of mine is commitment to the process. So I think that journaling kind of keeps you committed to the process because, It can be, I think it's important to write down your goals. And I think that being goal oriented, which is another one of my bullet points is important and journals do keep us goal oriented, but it's really easy to feel stuck because sometimes learning things in gymnastics takes a really long time and you can feel like you're not going anywhere. But if you have something to kind of track the process, then you're committed to the process and you can see where you're at, you know? Right. And I mean, it, it, I don't know. It just keeps it. I keep thinking of Sophia. Like when you told me about this topic, I keep thinking about Sophia who had like a journal for how many kips she tried in a practice. (laughs) And she did it every day, you know, every practice. And then finally she got it. But I think that just kept her motivated and, you know, continue. Oh yeah. I'll keep, I did 50 and I, I missed them all, but tomorrow will be the day. Yeah. And then when she finally did, you know, 500, how gratifying is that to be like, look at how much work I put into it. That's awesome. It's like a physical representation of the blood, sweat and tears that you put into a skill. I think it's just awesome. But keeping motivated and keeping through the process, I think is like the hardest part. 
Yeah, and I think it's just a tool. And even if, you know, that's what I always say too. I always tell my kids to get their journal back out or even go buy a new journal. You know, if we haven't done it and we've let the habit slip for a while, go get a new one. Let's start fresh. You know, it's a new season. It's a new, you know, what, whatever the issue is. But um, even if you've let it drop, the benefits are still there when you pick it back up. So I don't right. think it's necessary that it has to be a consistent thing. Right, exactly. We can have a, a make your own beautiful calligraphy journal one day. That would be your wheelhouse. <laughs> Yeah, I can do that. I actually, when I wanted to work out a certain amount of days in a year, I made like a board game with a little stick figure in my journal. And every time I worked out, I got to like color in the next square of a board game. Well, I actually made that point. Like, I actually thought of that. I think it's super important to have like little tiny, like, congratulations, you you did it, you did it. You got a little like mm-hmm. word. So like, I remember yeah. I would write things down as a gymnast, like, you know, this is my goal to place whatever spot at state. And if I do it, like, I get to finally buy that leotard that I've been wanting. Yeah, give yourself an incentive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and writing it there down lo- just makes it feel more real. Oh yeah, it solidifies everything. I totally agree with that. Um, and they've even like there have been studies that have been done that just say like just writing something down actually solidifies it in your brain. That's why like writing notes with your hand is actually more beneficial than writing notes on a computer because there's something about actually writing it down. It's like your brain uh, downloads it a little bit better, I guess. So I think that if you're mm-hmm. Keeping track with your hand, it definitely helps you solidify yeah. your goals and solidify the process that you're committed to. Um, and I was, oh, I was going to say that there are a lot of great ideas too on just different ways to keep track of things. Like we were just saying like the board game or how you were saying like a little reward. They have a bunch of different good ones. Um, if you look up b- bullet journal habit trackers. Mm-hmm. Logan actually uses that, which is really funny that you brought that up. Oh, I love it because it's analog. So Logan's a nerd, and I'm kind of a nerd. So there are different, like, really cool ways of doing it. I've <laughs> we did a whole thing at camp last year. Where I was like, look at this one. This one has the months of the year on one side, and the like one through thirty-one on the other side. So you could basically keep track of the whole year. <laughs> so you could like keep track of the days that you get your, but you could keep track of the days you get your routines done, or you know, like the days you actually completed your assignments, and you know, go through the months of the year and see when, like, as you're approaching season, are you getting more consistent? Right. Well, I think the thing that's great about journaling is, like, people like you or Logan can have journals like that that is super, like, laid out and logical and, like, bulleted to the point and works for your brain. But then, like, yeah. people like me, I could do, like, cute little flourishes or whatever I want to do with it, and it does the exact same thing. I wanted my husband and I to go on more dates, and so I did something similar where I drew, like, a flower vase. And every time that with a bunch of stems with no flowers on them, and then I put a list of places I wanted to go on dates. And every time we did go on a date, I got to draw a flower on top of the stem. Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> hey, you know, it's a journal. It, it gets you to a goal, so that's good. Yeah, there are all sorts of things you can do. <laughs> Going back to the creativity side of things, and you uh-huh. mentioned this earlier about um, hanging in, like, inspiring quotes on your wall. That's another thing I think that is helpful in your journal. Yes, I think so too, because anything is like inspirational, but it's like whatever feels best to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like what's yeah it can be really to you personal. Won't be inspiring to right yeah motivated yeah so those are all reasons why I think that journaling is really important and I definitely think a lot I've definitely heard a lot of college and professional athletes that keep journals or have ways of keeping track of their practices and performances another thing that I wrote which I I think I mean is my teacher side of me too but like kids kids have to want to do it intrinsically you know Mm -hmm. they have to want to do it and it has to be for you not because your coach told you you have to journal or because 
your mom told you you have to journal or whatever, like you actually have to want to reach those goals and be committed to the process, I think. Yeah. Um, Well, you see the kids that it helps. Intrinsic. Right. Right. I think as a coach, it's our job to introduce it to them, you know, and like, that's why at camp, we do all these exercises and I have them. And then you see the kids that like adopt it and hold on to it. And then you have the kids that sort of fall away. But I still even those kids, I encourage them to bring it back. Because even if they're just doing something like writing down a list of goals, and then they never touch it again, it's still solidified a little bit more. They've taken the time to you know, sit down and write it. I would rather have them do that and then not do anything for six months than not do anything at all. Yeah. I was just thinking, this kind of, I didn't write this down, but until blocks, because I really have a lot of anxiety. And Logan told me to journal and like write everything, like a brain dump type thing, like get everything that's holding in your brain out so that you don't have to think about it anymore. But like when it comes to a mental block, if you were to brain dump in your journal, like everything you're thinking about, everything that makes you nervous, like if that could only yeah. help get over that yeah. a little bit more. We have a few kids that we could try it on. <laughs> I, would, I would actually love to see if that helps them or not. Yeah, we, we definitely could try that. I know last year at camp we did sort of like a taking out the trash kind of thing where we wrote down a lot of our negative thoughts and then we actually um, wrote them on pieces of paper and threw them into the campfire. So that was a cool exercise, but it wasn't really necessarily. I think some of the kids wrote things surrounding mental blocks, but it wasn't focused sort of on the mental block side of things. So that would be a good exercise to try. Right. Because I just wonder, like, a lot of mental blocks, like, could be caused from, like, outside anxieties and things like that. So if they can oh, just totally. write those things down before they come to the gym, and once it's written down, like, it's out of their brain type deal, and if they have to take a minute to jot it down again or something during practice, just get it out of their yeah. brain. Or even if it's not gymnastics related, just journaling in general and writing down those other anxieties, kind of working through that, uh, you know, that extra stuff. Exactly. Exactly. It'd be interesting to oh, see. We should try it. Okay. I'm, oh, I'm sure the kids keep hearing stuff like, great, listen to all the stuff Adrian's going to try when we come back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just keep thinking about that group I work with all the time. And they're like, great. Now I have to do more writing that I don't even like to do it in the first place. <laughs> Writing and visualizing and meditating. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Are you in the right mindset? That's what I always tell them. Where's your mindset yeah. today? They might sulk about it, but you know what? I really think they enjoy it at the end. I think they do too. I always tell them, I'm sorry if they made you mad. And they always say, You didn't make me mad. You just made me think about it. <laughs> okay. They don't want to think, Kayla. <laughs> I know. <laughs> sorry, girls. <laughs> Talking about thinking, let's move over to visualization. All right. So what was your experience with visualization? You know, honestly, I was not the best visualizer when I was a gymnast, which is really kind of a a shame because now I could see as a coach, like, it's super helpful. Um, I was always told it's good to visualize before a meet. So the night before a meet, I would always visualize. But um, that's kind of it. Unless I was, like, really having some kind of fear with a skill then I would visualize a little bit more, but I wasn't as consistent with it as I would have liked to. Yeah, I don't know if I just was completely oblivious to things that were going on around me, but I don't, either that or, I feel like a lot of this that we're talking about with like mindfulness and meditation and journaling and visualization has slowly grown over the last 20 years or so, which I was competing before that, so I don't feel like it was being talked about as much. Either that 
or it was being talked and I literally was oblivious, which I wouldn't necessarily discount that either. Um, right. <laughs> well, and I, I think of like so much stuff like that I, I wish I knew as a gymnast now that I know now. Yeah, Gail, the mental performance coach, and I were saying the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I remember visualizing skills when I was learning them and trying to get more numbers yeah. done. Like, especially my series on beam, I remember getting really nervous and getting up there and then doing the whole stand there with my arms on my ears forever and then putting my arms down and then visualizing it and then going. And that was really helpful. Yeah. So I try that with, with like the a, girls too. I had like a countdown that I would do for everything, like in my head to like keep me on a, on track. <laughs> <laughs> oh the counting like oh the counting, oh, the counting. Just so i always went but, but you i can't remember who it was who was it one of the girls i could count from across the gym and they would go adri will you count oh. for me oh. i can't remember who it was it might have been i just remember being like i would be coaching vault and they would be on beam adri trisha needs you to count really like <laughs> uh, only I, I couldn't remember who it was but only i could count for them it's just so funny yes those triggers that get us to go right so i i did more visualizing before a meet and it actually did help like calm my nerves before like the night before a meet more than anything i think Cause, like, yeah i remember it on beam yeah I definitely remember using it as a tool on beam. I don't necessarily remember it as much on the other events, but I was actually reading that Michael Phelps, get this, would visualize for two hours straight before a swim meet. Holy moly. For every <laughs> swim meet? Yes. I found that, well, I think towards the end, especially when he was getting a lot more competitive, but I just like, I couldn't believe that. And he was just talking about how much it made him like more mentally strong going into it because and i can see that i mean if you think about it you are sort of flexing that muscle memory and creating more repetitions i mean you already have thousands of repetitions at that point but creating even more in your mind you know right and it's like all positive that, things you're not like reiterating like scary things yeah so. yeah especially in gymnastics well i've noticed that with mental blocks too with some kids i'll tell them like can you do the skill in your head and sometimes depending on if they've lost their spatial awareness and i remember this a little bit after i hurt myself on my double full sometimes I would struggle to visualize it. I would be, I would like start to feel like the time when I crashed. Like I'd start to like have a spatial awareness problem in the visualization. And I remember it took going backwards a little bit and doing the full and being able to do the full over and over in my mind and then going back and adding on. Right. Yeah. And I think that's important to address with mental blocks, at least is sometimes you right. do lose that mind body connection a little bit and to be able to reestablish it. Did you have that ever? Um, I think so. I mean, it's kind of hard for me to remember, which is weird because it wasn't that long ago. I The major <laughs> thing I remember is when I had um, mental blocks on my Yurchenko on vault. Mm -hmm. Like, I had a perfect Yurchenko one year. Like, one, was it regional? Like, one regionals on vault. Everything was perfect and then came to practice and, like, could not do it again. And wow. I don't know exactly what happened, but... I did have to kind of scoop myself back again and like start just doing just the round off to the board and then visualizing mm -hmm. the next part and then the next part. And then I was able to like work myself back up, but it was visualizing it step by step, but also like pulling it back and taking it back to the basics just because it was yeah. so like in my head. 
Yeah, and I think that I think it's interesting because sort of what Gail and I were talking about a couple weeks with the mental block connects so much to the visualization and how to reestablish that because I think if you can really successfully do the visualization over and over again, those mental blocks do sort of fall away. They do. I agree. Mm. I agree. And it calms you. Like, it just calms your whole body. Because I think when you're anxious and you can't visualize it, like, your whole body kind of goes. Like, your heart races and... Yeah. Just everything. So if you could calm your body down, it just is helpful. Yeah. And to put the visualization in motion. And I always, you know, have my kids create like a verbal sequence of like cues so that they can, can, like when they're visualizing it, they have like that sequence of cues and then they say that same sequence of cues while they're doing it. So to like put the visualization in action. Right. I remember like when I was a gymnast, Debbie actually on beam, your mom would be like, she would tell me each step of the routine as I went, you know, sharp, tight, pull up. Oh yeah. Arm. Mm-hmm. So then it became like something that I would say to myself, which I think is yeah. also part of that visualization piece. So I've actually started doing that with the kids. Um, yeah. With your verbal routine and then being able to visualize yeah. it with those cues as you go along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At first they all kind of looked at me and, why do you talk so much? <laughs> but it's helpful <laughs> to keep that in your brain and to keep it moving. Oh, yeah. I had like a rhythm that went with my beam routine. And I remember I could, I knew the rhythm of how my beam routine should sound. So if I was like sliding my foot along the beam, it was almost like it had its own little like percussion to it. I don't know. See, that's, there goes, there goes my own weird brain again, but that's totally how it worked. I knew it. And so I knew when my, my rhythm was off, you know, like to get back into the rhythm of it and keep moving. Well, Debbie would even do that to us on floor, you know, like she would even shout over the music, everything we need to remember. (laughs) Yeah. So you just kind of, it kind of sinks in. So it's been actually, I think super helpful for the girls. Like as I watch them progress through the season. Yeah, and to speaking of floor, to be able to visualize yourself um, performing like your performing to the maximum. So then, when you go to do it, you're not necessarily as uncomfortable because I know a lot of kids have performance um, anxiety over floor, just being able to get out of their shell. Um, so I think that being able to imagine the way that you want it to look is helpful. Right. Do you think modeling it as a coach is good? Like. Because sometimes on floor, I'll tell them, like, I want it to look like this, or this is what sharp looks like, and I'll do it for them. Yeah. Like, put them in the position so they feel it and hear it. Do you think that's... I definitely think that... I definitely think think that helps them, because sometimes in there, they feel uncomfortable to try some of those motions, because it feels so over... Until it becomes second nature, it feels so that you're over-exaggerating everything. It feels ridiculous. So I usually tell them, like, if you feel ridiculous, you're probably doing it right. Like, you you know, you wouldn't want to go to a Broadway musical and see the dancers with these soft moves and not finishing through everything. It would be super boring. So if you're, like, larger than life and feel like you're throwing your body into these finished lines, that's probably right. So I definitely think showing them as a coach because then they're not going to feel as reserved trying to show you what they think you want to see. But if you do it right. first, they'll be like, oh, like this? Okay. Like, oh, that crazy coach just did it, so I can definitely do it. Do you remember when Zoe, whose routine was she doing? She was doing somebody else's routine and she was trying to show them how to perform it. 
Oh God, I can't I remember that, but I don't remember. Uh, yeah, it I was to the song. Zoe. I still remember the song. It was to Tequila. Da 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 da. Oh gosh, I was. Really and she little. like, and she like jumped out there and was like, "It's like this." <laughs> They're like, "Okay." I just remember her double went down to Georgia routine, and that oh was yeah, one of the coolest routines I've ever seen. So. Oh, yeah, but all the, see, she was a great performer, and I just think that if you, like, want to improve your floor routine performance, visualization is really powerful. Um, I found this quote that, and I, I listen to lots of motivational speakers and people from all different types of schools, but um, a website that I came across that was talking about visualization just said, if you see it, you can do it. And I, it goes back to another quote that I always... Uh, listen to on one of my motivational speakers and they just say you become your thoughts so I think oh, that if absolutely. you're visualizing successful over and over and over again doing your routines and doing your skills it will definitely definitely help with your performance and your practice and yeah we could even merge these two together Adri and say you could write all your visual routines and your visualization in your journal oh I'm sure they would love that Look at that <laughs> but it's so but it's like like my teacher brain is like that's so multi-sensory and that's how you mm -hmm. invest so oh yeah yeah or like we were even saying with like the the routine I think that's even I think there's definitely when you're saying multi-sensory I mean you're writing it you're visualizing it and then you're also with it. the you're saying it right you're saying it and you're hearing it those words so it really does use all of the senses Except for smell and I taste, but clothes. you're smelling it. No, <laughs> <laughs> go to the gym and smell the chalk. <laughs> oh, I miss the smell of the I, chalk. I really, really miss going to the gym. I miss like the chalk. I even miss the pit. I yeah, I don't. I don't love the pit. I miss everything. <laughs> else. Oh, no. this is sad. oh, well, I know. We'll, get there. we'll, we'll be back soon. We'll be back soon, yes. And until then, I am committed to finishing my season of the chalk box. <laughs> I'm trying to it's do amazing, eight episodes. Adrian. I think it's amazing. <laughs> I think it's a great podcast, and I hope lots of people listen. Thank one. you so much. You're well, welcome. thank you, everybody who does us. tune in. Thank you for coming. And we yeah. will talk soon. All righty. Bye, guys. Bye. Inside my mind, steep in the afterlife Watch you watching the colors rise Summer twilight skies on fire Never wishing I was somewhere else Held on to you like Loctite Getting through it when it hurt like hell Feels like the only thing we've done right It's a star, it's a light, it's a signal fire It's the sound of your voice cutting through the night it's a song, it's a note, it's a quiet sigh Keeps me dancing through the static, everything's alright I think we were born for it I think we were born for it Hey, I think we were born for it Moved a lot 
spot when I was a kid Hear your footsteps run to the door On the corner where you live Never wishing on someone else We let it all go at midnight Looking at the stars to find ourselves Full of life inspired at the same time It's a star, it's a light, it's a signal fire It's the sound of your voice cutting through the night It's a song, it's a note, it's reflected light Keeps us dancing through the static and I hear you sigh I were born for this